the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This is how people will know that we're disciples, that we're followers of Christ, by our love for one another, how we love each other in the church, in the body of Christ. Not by our church attendance or how many Bible verses we've memorized or where we serve or how much we give. Not, those are all great things, but Jesus said the one thing that will distinguish us as his disciples. Do you know the one characteristic that sets you apart as a disciple of Christ? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he teaches you that although reading the Bible, memorizing scripture, and giving are all good things, what sets you apart is your love for others. Pastor Dan explains that this is how the world will know whether or not you are a child of God, by your love. Love is the proof that you have a new nature in Christ. You are to extend the love and light of Jesus to everyone you meet. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 3, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Genesis 4, Luke 10, and we're in 1 John 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, where it says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother, And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit 
whom he has given us. Well, it's been a couple weeks since we've been in our John study, our first John study. So just as a, a little bit of a review, remember John writes this letter at a time when there was confusion in the church about what a Christian is or who a Christian is and who isn't a Christian. And this confusion stemmed from false teachers who taught that it doesn't matter how a person lives as long as they profess faith in Jesus Christ, then they're saved and they have eternal life. And as a result of this false teaching, you had people, you know, in the church who professed faith in Christ, but they were continuing to live a sinful and ungodly lifestyle. And the false teachers were saying that that's okay. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you live. Your life doesn't have to change when you become a Christian. And John wrote this letter to correct this false teaching. And if you've been with us as we've gone through 1 John, you know then that John was very blunt in this letter, very black and white. There's no gray area in this letter. You know exactly what John thinks about the matter as you read through this letter. And I would say that at a time of spiritual confusion in the church, it's good to have someone who is speaking with a clear voice, who is just stating the truth in a matter-of-fact kind of way. And that, that was John. You know, we saw earlier in chapter 3 where John said that whoever has been born of God does not continue practicing sin. Very clear. He went on to say that a person who continues practicing sin does not know God. Even though they may claim to know God and claim to have a relationship with Him, John says they don't. The testimony of their lifestyle shows that they don't really know God at all. And that, that's really what he's getting at here in this section, that our, our lifestyle, our behavior demonstrates whether we're really a child of God or not. A truly converted person will have a lifestyle that, that matches. There's a change that takes place. A converted person doesn't continue living a lifestyle of, of sin. And so now John continues in verse 10 where we pick up this morning... And he says, in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Again, John's very black and white. And John says here that there are two families, two categories. There's the children of God and there's the children of the devil. And each person is in one of those two families. There's not a third family or ten families. There's two. There's the children of God and the children of the devil. You know, Jesus said that there is a broad road that leads to destruction, and there are many on that broad road. And then he said there's a narrow road that leads to life, and there are few that find it. Jesus said there's only two roads. There's not a third road. Each person is either on the broad road that leads to destruction or the narrow road that leads to eternal life. And, and here John says, there are children of God and there are children of the devil. And John tells us an easy way to identify who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. He tells us here, if you look at the verse again, the children of God will practice righteousness and love the brethren or love the believers. And children of the devil will not practice righteousness and will not love other believers. Again, we, we see this distinction between a child of God and a child of the devil is in their lifestyle, their behavior, their character. 
A child of God repents of their sins and practices righteousness and loves other believers. Now, a child of God may have other things going on in their life as well. They, they may go to church. They may read their Bible every day. They may pray. They may serve. They may tithe and so on. But here, John tells us the two characteristics that identify a child of God are righteousness and love. A righteous life, right in God's eyes, and love. And now John spends the rest of chapter 3 describing love for us. And he's going to describe it even more in chapter 4 and in chapter 5. He has a lot to say about love in this little letter. In verse 11, he says, For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And I I love verse 11, because at this time, false teachers were introducing new teachings, you know, the latest teaching. And, And people were enamored by the new teachings, the new revelation. And John doesn't teach us something new. His message is old. His message is something that we've known from the beginning, that we should love one another. And again, at a a time of spiritual deception in the church, John takes us back to the things that we already know. He kind of takes us back to basics, that we should love one another, as he says. And he tells us, you've known this from the beginning, the, the command to love one another. We see it in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus taught that we should love one another. In John chapter 13, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. But John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus said that this this is how people will know that we're disciples, that we're followers of Christ, by our love for one another, how we love each other in the church, in the body of Christ. Not by our church attendance or how many Bible verses we've memorized or where we serve or how much we give. Those are all great things. But Jesus said the one thing that will distinguish us as his disciples is our love for one another. That's the proof that we have a new nature in Christ. Children of God love one another. Now, we, a group of us, as you know, we were in Israel a few weeks back, and our tour guide, Andre, a couple times throughout the tour, he commented on our love for one another and how much our group loved each other. And he said it wasn't, you don't see it with all of the groups. You know, he's got a different group every week of church people. He said, you don't see it with every group. You know, that should be the thing that identifies us, our love for one another. Now, look at verse 12. He's telling us to love one another, but then he says, Not as Cain, (laughs) who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Why does he tell us to love but not as Cain? Why does he take us to, to Cain? He takes us to Cain because Cain is the first brother in all of human history. In fact, if you want to turn back to Genesis chapter 4, we'll look at that together. Cain's the first brother, first to have a brother. You know, there was Adam and Eve, and then Adam and Eve had Cain, and then they had Abel. They had two sons. 
So Cain is the first brother. And listen, just as Adam is the first man, and as the first man, Adam represents all of mankind, Cain is the first brother. And in the same way, Cain represents all of us as brothers, in a sense. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Just as Adam failed as the first man, Cain failed as the first brother. And so let's look at his story here. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And so Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. Very, very, you know, person number three and person number four, shepherd, farmer, right there at the beginning. Verse 3, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected or accepted Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. So uh, apparently Adam explained to his sons the proper way to approach God. And Cain did not follow that proper way. Abel did, but Cain did not. And so God respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Now look at verse 5, the second half of it. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And so the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be Accepted. Do you see that? Do you notice that, that God did not close the door on Cain? He gives Cain the opportunity to make it right. He, he tells him, you know, if, if you do well, you'll, you'll be accepted. He has the opportunity now to make this right. And then he says, and if you, if you do not, look what it says. If you do not do well, sin lies at the door. What a description of sin. And its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. He says, sin lies at the door and it's eager to control you, which is true. Sin desires to control our lives. Now look at verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. This is the first human death in human history, and it's a murder. He doesn't die of natural causes. He's murdered by, you know, the, the firstborn person after Adam and Eve is a murderer. And he kills him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? 
And the, the passage implies, yes, absolutely, you are your brother's keeper. We all are a brother's keeper. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now, the, the passage here in Genesis, it does not tell us how Cain knocked off Abel. You know, today, there's a thousand ways you could kill somebody. It doesn't really tell us how Cain killed his brother Abel. But if you go back to 1 John chapter 3, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 12, when John says that Cain murdered Abel, that word that John uses there in verse 12 for murder, it literally means to sacrifice, to sacrifice. It's used for the sacrifice of an animal, an animal sacrifice. Now think about this. The only living thing that had been killed up to that point in history was an animal sacrifice offered to God. The only death that Cain had witnessed up to this point was an animal sacrifice. And so when Cain kills Abel, he uses the same method to kill Abel. He kills him like he's an animal sacrifice here. That's just extra information for you. It's not going to be on the test or anything, but I just thought that was interesting. And John here, he says, love one another, but don't love as Cain loved. Don't don't be like Cain. Cain, you know, Cain loved his brother until his brother received more favor than him. Uh, Cain loved his brother until his brother gained an advantage that he didn't have. And then Cain became jealous and Cain became envious and that envy turned to hatred. And that hatred turned into murder. And listen, listen, give me your attention. At the same time, Cain was religious. He was a religious man. He's not an atheist. He brings an offering to God. He's a worshiper of God. And yet he was not a child of God. He, he was of the wicked one, we're told in First John, the devil. And the point that I'm making here is that religious activity is not proof that someone is a child of God. The real test is, do they love their brethren? Do they have love for others? And in that test, Cain failed, and he failed big time. In the New Testament, the Pharisees and scribes did the same thing to Jesus Christ. The Pharisees and scribes, they're the religious leaders over Israel. They are serving at the temple. They've memorized all of the Old Testament. They're the experts at the the law of God, and yet they are the ones who crucified Jesus. They, They didn't have love. And Jesus even said to the religious leaders that they were children of the devil. And so here he says, don't be like Cain. And we all can naturally be like Cain. It's it's in all of us to be like him. All of us. You know, we we all can love someone until they get some kind of advantage that we don't have and then we grow jealous of them. Right? Or is it just me? Do you guys ever deal with jealousy or envy or anything like that? You know, if you have children, if you have two or more children, you are very familiar with sibling rivalry. The nature of Cain is in your children. If you don't believe me, uh, go home this afternoon and make a big bowl of ice cream for each of your children. Surprise your children with ice cream. But for one of your children, put whipped cream on the ice cream. And you know what? I can tell you, I can, I'll bet you a dollar, your children will not say to you, thank you so much for the ice cream. You are such a wonderful mom or you're such a wonderful dad. I'm so lucky to have you as my parent. And I'll bet you another dollar that your child will not say to the one that got the whipped cream, congratulations. (laughs) 
Man, you are so lucky to have that on. You're going to love that whipped cream. Let me I've had whipped cream before, and I know you're going to love it. You know what your child's going to say? I didn't get whipped cream. Why did he get whipped cream? I want whipped cream. That's the nature of Cain. And it's in all of us. All of us. Not just kids. All of us. Why did he get the promotion? I've worked here longer than him. I'm a better employee than he is. It's that nature of Cain that's in all of us. So John says, hey, when you love, don't, don't love like Cain. And he says in verse 13, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. In the Greek, the tense here is stop marveling that the world hates you. <laughs> stop marveling that the world hates you. Jesus said, hey, they hated me. They're going to hate you. So stop marveling that the world hates you. You know, in, in uh, the Gospel of John, I'll just read it to you again. John chapter 3 Verse 19, Jesus said, And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Everyone practicing evil hates the light. Unrighteous people do not like being around righteous people. They hate the light. Ungodly people don't like being around. Godly people, they hate it. And so John says, stop marveling that the world hates you. Stop marveling if your unsaved family members or friends don't like hanging out with you now that you're a born-again Christian. They hate the light. Verse 14 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. He says we, we know that we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Our love for the brethren, for the family of God, it's proof. It's proof to us that we have new life in Christ. Before we were born again, before we had new life in Christ... We didn't like being around Christians all that much. We didn't like hanging out with them, did we? For those of you that got saved as an adult, Christians made us uncomfortable. But we know that we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Now we like being around other believers. We like coming to church. We like going to Bible studies. We like being in fellowship with other Christians. We look forward to it. It's a lifeline to us now. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray too for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you that they would be protected from the enemy and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. 
Continue reading in the book of 1 John or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.